a listener production. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vuktel, and the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. A few weeks ago, two Australian cookbooks were nominated for James Beard Media Awards, accolades in the culinary world. Don't get much better than this. It's an international award scheme. It's based in the US and they look at cookbooks from all over the world and in other divisions of the awards. They look at restaurants and they look at chefs. It's a very big deal. Alice Zaslavsky's In Praise of Veg got a nod for vegetable-focused cooking and Roisin Call and Joanna Hu's Chinese-ish was nominated in the visual category which honours food books with exceptional graphic design, art and photography. And we have Rasheen and Joanna with us today. Welcome. Thank you so much. Broadsheet readers will know both of your names. Rasheen, you're the head chef at Etta, which is one of Melbourne's top restaurants in Brunswick East. But they'll know both of your names because we spent quite a bit of time a couple of years ago writing about the Isolation Cookbook, which was a light in a, in a dark time of lockdown. I think in order to discuss Chinese-ish and the award, we should first begin with the Isolation Cookbook. So I'd love you to take us back to March 2020. And I know listeners will be thinking, I don't want to go back to March 2020, but I promise you this is a fun story. Rasheen, you've just come back from overseas. You have to go into isolation for two weeks and you've got a few ingredients in your pantry and a little bit of fresh produce from your sister. What happens next? <laughs> what a throwback. So I obviously spent a bit of time, you know, scrolling social media. I was cooking quite a lot at home because I was actually with my parents and documenting it really because, you know, we live in that very social media driven world. And do you do anything if you haven't told everybody who's following you about it? Um, so I was cooking, I was documenting, I was following how other people were cooking at home as well. And I saw quite a lot of pretty paltry Asian cooking, to be honest. And, you know, there was a bit of interest in the really simple stuff that I was cooking at home. And people would message me and be like, how do you make fried rice? How do you stir fry vegetables? Just really, really simple things. And I realized there was such a gap in knowledge and how to cook proper, I wouldn't say proper really, but proper Chinese food, proper Asian cooking techniques. And, you know, I thought it was a good idea to share that little knowledge that I did have, that working knowledge from home, from kitchens. Yeah. Now, of course, you weren't just any chef. You had been cooking at Lee Ho Fook before that at Dinner by Heston. So you knew your stuff and obviously your followers did as well. So you start documenting these these dishes you're cooking. And then how do you get Joanna involved? Well, Joe is, we had, a, we had a really funny relationship where we'd met serendipitously a night out. We'd, we'd work in um, a similar restaurant group. We were, she worked at the Fat Duck. I worked at Dinner by Heston. And, you know, thought she was pretty cool. She was dressed really awesomely. And that's so kind of how we, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of, that's how we clicked. And I reached out to Joe because I'd used Joe's talent for a fundraiser that we did in January for the bushfires. The window was that you know, crisis. Yeah. We Just before the, next the other big crisis. Before the other yeah. one. Um, and Joe did a really cool illustration for a bushfire fundraiser that we did with all the different restaurants doing like a soccer tournament. And it just made sense because if I was going to do anything Chinese or Asian, it made perfect sense for it to be Joe because, you know, we share the same heritage, share the same culture, and also sharing that restaurant experience of the same sort of caliber meant that we knew how to communicate in a specific way as well. What are your heritages? I was born in Singapore. My dad is Kashmiri. My mom is Chinese Filipino. And I was born in China and both my parents are Chinese. <laughs> so you connect, you say, I'm making some dishes. Joe, 
begin illustrating. So, yeah. Joe, what, yeah, what, what kind of came to your mind when you were handed these recipes? Yeah, so I was thrilled with Rasheen's message. I think I still have a screenshot of the first message. It was March 24th, 2020. Um, I work in a company that prints wedding invitation stationery. So expectedly that shut down in the COVID. And I remember it was three days after I'd kind of just been told to go home from work and don't know when you'll ever come back. So that was such a blessing to have something to keep me busy. Yeah. And I think because when we first started making that first book, we really had no concept of whether we were even going to print it. I think we originally thought about it maybe as an e-magazine, something really casual. We weren't expecting that people were going to have eyes on it. So I really just approached it with what would I like to do for a cookbook? Not what anyone would like to see, but what would I like to do? And I remember thinking I want to do lots of handwritten bits of information. I, I love, I love fonts. Um, I wanted to do like handwritten headings. I wanted to do things that looked really messy and sort of almost like you just opened someone's journal who was just documenting their recipes for themselves. And then all the illustrations were done sort of in a really messy watercolor style as well, um, which actually happened by accident. I did all the line art in black ink that I realized later was water soluble. So I couldn't paint over it. I had to paint separately what I thought the color of each illustration would be, and then just scan them both into the computer and just lay them on top of each other. And it kind of turned into this really splashy, messy watercolor style. And that's sort of how we went about approaching it. It was purely just for us. Like, what would we like to see? We were really thrilled with how it turned so out. So what is your background in mm. illustration and drawing? I mean, you also have a high-end food background. Yes. You, as we mentioned, <laughs> we, you were um, with a Hessen Blumenthal restaurant. Yeah. You were at Voudemont. So how did you get into drawing? Uh, drawing was just a hobby for me. I think when I was very young, I remember my parents... Uh, immigrated to Australia. I was three. They were obviously working very hard and uh, they didn't have a lot of money for toys for me, but I remember they just had a huge stack of copy paper and markers. And I guess just from a young age, I just loved to draw. But of course, I pursued very academic interests. I never really took it very seriously. Um, and I kind of lost touch with it for a few years as I went to university. I studied law, which is does not require a lot of drawing. But actually, it's through my hospitality that I really found it again because um, I worked at the Fat Duck Group and I'm moved to England. And when I was there, they were piloting something that was new to them. They wanted to do guest personalization for dining. So they didn't really know what it would look like, but they just wanted to think of ways that they could make each guest experience personal. I'm not sure they still do this, but back then, um, because it was so new, they just sort of anyone, has anyone got any ideas? And I was like, oh, I, I can do a bit of painting and draw. Maybe I can like do a card for someone if they've come for a special occasion. I learned calligraphy just for fun. And then I was writing calligraphy on people's like menus and things like that. And yeah, they really like fostered that um, interest. And I think I just found for the first time, I had a lot of positive feedback on like, you're actually pretty good at this. So the isolation cookbook turns into this 40 page kind of magazine like book. There's how many print runs? Oh, I think, yeah. And I they think, all sold out. They all sold out, yeah. I remember, I think when we first looked at the print pricing, we were like, oh, 50, could we go 50? Like you get kind of a discount if we print that much. And then obviously as soon as we started selling, we were like, nope, up it to 100, up it to 100. And <laughs> then it was a really just, good relationship with our yeah, um, really good printer relationship. in the end. Yeah. Um, I think we sent him a copy of Chinese-ish 
Did um, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just, it was so funny because the, the idea was it to be, for it to be a really like lo-fi kooky zine, you know, hence mm. Joe's style and my just like really nonchalant tone. But then, you know, Joe also has a lot more finesse than she's actually making it out to be. So, you know, we looked at it and we're like, we can't print this on anything like any like, you know, crappy paper. Like this has to be yeah. good. Yeah. And, you know, once she did the cover as well, which was so spectacular, we're like, well, let's print this properly. Like, let's just, and mm. even just for us, Yeah. you know, mm. and obviously it was quite expensive to print. It was like 10, it was like almost $11 per book, I think. Each yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it was $20, um, you know, for people to buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we, yeah, pricing well. was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was not yeah. meant to be mm, anything no, that it became. No. But um, you know, when we f- held the first copy in our hands, and I think Joe, you had to yours get yours sent separately because mm. we were in, in stage lockdown. four lockdown. We couldn't, we didn't meet up through the entire <laughs> process all. of making this, which is yeah. incredible because yeah. for those, and I think a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. will have seen the images of Isolation Cookbook and then kind of moving into Chinese ish. When you look at it, this looks like something that was created by two people who were sitting with each other because there is so much connection between your illustrations and your recipes. So let's get to Chinese-ish. So how did that happen? After the initial isolation, we actually did another one, which is this really cool red one that has like gold embossed font on it. Yeah. Um, and we also did a um, an e-release of a vegan version. We have an unreleased dessert version. We were approached by a publisher, um, Jane Morrow from Murdoch Books, and she was like, I love what you guys are doing. Let's explore and see if this can be made into, you know, something bigger, shinier, better. Um and we were like, oh, my God, a book deal. What? what? <laughs> yeah. We never sought out to be cookbook authors. We never sought out to be anything, really. We were just looking for a creative outlet to keep ourselves entertained and really loved the process. And the point was that our pre-existing uh, zines would form the framework of what would be a book that would be fleshed out with more recipes. Um, and that didn't seem like, you know, that much of a reach from what we were already doing. And so we were like, great, let's do it. This has been described as a cookbook that's a meditation on your Asian background as well as your Australian upbringing and bringing those two things together. Talk about some of the recipes that are in there that epitomise what Chinese is about. So it does begin with a lot of really classic recipes too, because I think you have to form the foundation to be able to you know go just off piece with all of it. But then it goes completely sideways with, I guess what I would call like just kooky Chinese-ish food. You know, taking the flavor profiles that I love, taking specific ingredients and putting them into, you know, really typical Chinese preparations and almost, I guess, really nonchalantly being like, you know, this is the food of my culture. And, you know, I'm taking that and bringing it into my Australian culture and how I like to eat. I love fried chicken. I love Nashville style hot chicken. And I was like, how good is cumin spicing? Like, yum, let's just smack this all together. And then doing Australian classics like prawn toast. Always we eat seafood now with like heaps of lemon in Australia. We just love that. And I was like, how good would lemon be in prawn toast? Let's put some dill in there too. Put some guanciale in there because like, why not? These things are so familiar to us as Australians because we're like, we know what to do with all of these things, but they taste Chinese. They also taste not quite Chinese, but I think because they they have the soul of Chinese cooking with a really Australian sensibility. I think that's what resonates with quite a few different groups of people. Mm. And you mentioned that, you know, you didn't put a single recipe in the book that didn't have some connection to both of your stories. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I've, even when I cook at Etta, really, like I, I can't, I just can't seem to cook anything that doesn't have a reason. 
not just like, I like this bit of produce, which is what, how a lot of chefs cook. But for me, it has to really resonate with me for me to be really excited about it, mm. I guess. And even if it's a reason that I'll, only I will know, like this one flavor profile from this one experience that I had this one time when I was four years old, like no one's going to know that stuff. But that's what makes me really excited and really passionate about it. Yeah. And also then to take that and put in heaps more effort because I'm like, that's really cool. And that's just sort of what informed all the recipes that are in that book, because I'm excited about every single one of them. And the art and design in it, which is why you've been nominated for this award, I think there's been a translation from the isolation days into this book where there's still a handmade feel. So just specifically, because I want everyone else to go out and look for the book and, and buy it themselves so they can look at it. But the beautiful drawings you did that incorporate chinoiserie but it's got Australian flora and fauna. I'd love for you to describe that to, yeah, the, to the audience. One of my favourite things that I did for the book, a lot of my favourite things from the book are the ones that no one actually asked for um, <laughs> that I just wanted to make. I just had this image of chinoiserie wallpaper. I love de Gournay stuff. I follow their Instagram. And I just thought it'd be really fun to put that mishmash of our cultures into one drawing, which I thought would symbolise Chinese-ish the most. So there's things like the traditional peonies, sparrows, cranes, but then there's also uh, wattle, billy buttons, Australian flora as well hidden in there. And for me, that was a really fun experience to do. And I think it really, I felt like captured the spirit of what we wanted this book to be, which is sort of really visual, beautifully designed with meaning and a little bit quirky as well. I do love mm. that the book has been recognised for that now internationally. There's a lot of really beautiful cookbooks out mm. there. A lot of them rely heavily on photography. Yeah. This is a book that uses so many different types of visual elements and skills. So how did you guys find out that you were nominated? Yeah, it was so wild. I just woke up one morning, I opened my email and it was like an 8am on a Thursday and there was just an email from the James Beard Foundation. And I think I've been out of hospitality a few years, but I was sort of like, James Beard, what? I think I've heard that before. And then I sent a screenshot to Rasheen immediately saying like, do you think this is for real? And she was, yeah, it was just very much like, <laughs> oh my gosh, link me the email. I want to read. And it was so unexpected. After doing a bit of research, I'm pretty sure to be nominated, you actually have to apply. So because we did get published in the US through Interlink, I assume someone there applied our book to be nominated and we got in, which is absolutely wild. So it was so unexpected. It was, you know, unexpected to get recognized. We didn't even know we were up for it. And it was, yeah, just such a huge honor and amazing considering the caliber of what they recognize. I mean, that's yeah. the thing is the list of books that when you read through the nomination list, yeah. These books are from all over the world. Yeah. They are some really well-known chefs. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's a pretty exciting accolade to get. Whether whether you end up kind of winning the category or not, the winners will be announced on June 3rd mm. in Chicago. Yeah. So we will be waiting with fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Chinese-ish home cooking, not quite authentic, 100% delicious, is still available in bookstores and online. So I recommend you go and, and look for this awesome book. Buy it for yourself, buy it for your friends, buy it for your family. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore mel. I'll be back again on Monday. Same time, same place. Chat then. Listener.